Hello and welcome to the Bridge City Church podcast. If you would like to get connected, you can find us on Facebook at Bridge City Church or come along to our Sunday service at 10am. We'd love to have a coffee and a chat. We hope you enjoy this week's message brought to you by Pastor Robin. See you at church. This morning I want to preach to you from the book of Psalms, Um, but before I do, I just want to give you a bit of a heads up as well. On Sunday the 10th of April at Mallee Life Church at 3pm in the afternoon, we're going to be doing a Christ in the Passover service and it's going to be a, a full Passover meal, but I'm going to be teaching that service and bringing Christ into every portion of that Passover so that um, those that are keen to know more about it, you're very welcome to come along to that. It's going to be very special. Um, Pastor Paul and Barb will put out flyers and um, booking for that because, as you could imagine, it's a meal. Um, But we made it in the afternoon so that um, it's not going to take away from the morning services and only those that want to be involved can come and be and there's no cost for that either so yeah just something to tuck away so it's the Sunday before Easter 10th of April yeah and I'm excited (laughs) right I'm wanting to read this morning from the book of Psalms Psalm 84 and my message this morning is journeys deserts and oases Now, I had to struggle to find the plural of oasis, (laughs) and it's oases. (laughs) Psalm 84, 1 to 7. How lovely is your tabernacle, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, yes, even faints for the court of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young. Even your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They will still be praising you. Selah. Blessed is the man whose strength is in you, whose heart is set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Barca, they make it a spring. The rain also covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God in Zion. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning that we can be here in your house on this day, Sunday the 20th of March. Father God, we thank you for all that you're going to show us today, for all that you're going to impart to us today. Father, that your word that goes forth this morning, Lord God, will be meat for those who need meat and milk for those who need milk. That you, Father God, will be glorified as I speak your words, as you make my tongue as the pen of a skillful writer. Father, I commit this into your hands and I just pray, Lord God, that each one of us will leave this place knowing you more, loving you more and having another building block in the foundation of our life in you that we can build on and draw from and move forward in. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. It's believed that um, David wrote this psalm and it was a psalm when he... um, was forced to go into the wilderness. His son Absalom was in rebellion in in Jerusalem and and it's thought that he wrote it because it's very similar in in type to Psalm 63. Um, And it displays David's incredible heart for God and his 
beautiful heart for the house and it's just a picture of us as Christians, how our heart for God and our heart for the house and what God wants to do should be the most paramount thing in our lives. The psalm was written also before the exile of the Jews into Babylon in the 6th century BC and it begins with a place of praise where God lives and where the, where the psalmist longs to be. Have you ever had that feeling and when you got up in the morning just say, oh Lord, I just want to be in your, in your presence, I just want to be in your house, I just want to be where you are and you know we don't live in the Old Testament, we're new covenant people and so when we cry out to God, his spirit comes and we can be with God because he's with us every minute of every day and so that's just, um, just an awesome thing. He begins with praise of the place, like Gay just said in communion, where God lives and where the singer longs to be. The psalm begins and ends addressing God as the Lord of hosts. This is just a little bit of theological background just for you, um, those that are interested. And the longing goes even further. Oh, I twisted. <laughs> it goes even further than the place where God lives. Um, he's looking for being in the presence of the living God. And isn't that our heart's desire? We want to be in the presence of the living God every day in everything that we do. Today I really want to um, just zero in on verses 5 to 7. There's so much that we could learn from verses 1 to 4. You know, lovely is your tabernacle, Lord of hosts and all of that. But I really, for, for time's sake and for the thing that God has laid on my heart today, um, that our journey passes through deserts. But... We need to go through those deserts to get to the oases, those places of water, those places of rest and refuge. And for each one of us, that looks a little different. But let's, let's get into the word, hey? Verse 5a, blessed is the man whose strength is in you. And man in this instance is the person. The Hebrew word for man is human being and because God is not sexist, we know that. He's talking about any person whose heart is set on him. And the definition of blessed, when you say I'm so blessed, sometimes we mean we are happy, sometimes we mean we've received something, sometimes we mean we're content. But the actual definition of blessed is happy, fortunate, to be envied from the amplified version. Happy, blessed, fortunate, to be envied is the person whose whole desire is fixed and focused on seeking after God and God's purpose for them. Exodus 15, 2, the Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. Those whose dependence is upon God and who are devoted to him, we can rest in that peace that he promises. Again, gay, the place, the peace, the promise. And uh, we can rest in that, knowing that God is in control no matter what our circumstances are looking like. Blessed is that man who makes the Lord his trust, Psalm 40, verse 4. And Psalm 146, verse 5. Happy is he who has made the God of Jacob, who has the God of Jacob for his help, whose hope is in the Lord, his God, who made heaven and earth. So it's a case of... Our dependence is on a God who is so all-powerful and almighty and it's not in our own strength but it's in the strength that God gives us and it's in the grace that Jesus gives us that we can walk in the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ because 
In him is our all-sufficiency. In Christ is our all-in-all. He has given us everything that we need to walk this life and to walk it in victory, even though sometimes our circumstances don't look brilliant, even though sometimes we might be going through struggles, and that's the deserts, which I'll get to talk about in a minute. A person whose strength is in God is going to break through difficulties and discouragements and seek God and wait upon him. For his direction. Because as we're seeking God, his direction will give us what we need when we're proceeding after the purpose that God has for each one of our lives, both individually and corporately as a church. By making God's word our rule book, our handbook, our love letter, our strategy, our navigation, God's word is, is our truth. And if we walk in God's truth... And walk in the revelation that he has given us through his word. You see, when God gives us revelation from his word, it's a rhema word that really hits, goes, bypasses the mind and it, it goes to your spirit. And you can grab hold of that revelation and run with it. And that are for specific cases, but we can always trust in God's word because God's plan for us is a good plan, a plan to give us a future, a plan to give us a hope when we seek him with all of our hearts. He's a good God. 2 Samuel 22 says, It is God who arms me with strength and makes my way perfect. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to stand on the heights. Verse 35, He trains my hands for war. My arms can bend a bow of bronze. How about that? How about those of us who are really trying to work on our pecs? Yeah. Can we bend that bow of bronze? You give me your shield of victory and you steep, stoop down to make me great. Isn't that an amazing word to hold on to? You see, our, as Christians, our dependence has got to be on God and our devotion to him. And out of that flows everything else that we need. Proverbs 18.10 says, Happy is the man whose hope is in the Lord his God. But if we do it in our strength, it's always going to eventually fail. But in the strength and the grace of Jesus, he gives us all we need. He gives us his Holy Spirit to do the things that he's called us to do. Verse 5b, whose heart is set on pilgrimage. What's a pilgrimage? Pilgrimage is a very ancient word. It's the course of life on earth. In Genesis 47.9, it said, Jacob said to Pharaoh, The days of the years of my pilgrimage are 130 years. Few and evil have been the days of the, of the years of my life. And they have not attained to the days of the years of my life and my father's in the days of their pilgrimage. Exodus 6.4, I have also established my covenant with them and I will give them the land of Canaan, the land of their pilgrimage in which they were strangers. The journey of a pilgrim to a sacred place or a shrine, especially worshippers of God. And the pilgrimage they talked about going up once a year to the temple in Jerusalem. And they went up more than once for the special feasts as well. But they made a long journey. They went on foot. Some, if they were affluent, they had donkeys to ride on. They could do that. But their heart was given over to God. Their heart's desire was to be in the presence of God. They knew that they wanted to... to uh, 
go to that place where they could have an impartation from God to strengthen them and give them all that they needed in him in the spirit to move forward into the next season of their lives. The long journey and for us as Christians, as believers, we know that our journey from the moment that we are born again, when we receive Jesus as Saviour and Lord, the journey begins and sometimes it's uphill and sometimes it's downhill and sometimes it's deep valleys and sometimes it's a crooked way and yet God promises in his word in Isaiah, he will make straight the crooked paths. Every valley will be exalted, every high place will be brought down as we keep our eyes on Jesus and as we keep looking to him. But the, the issue here here is as we make a pilgrimage pilgrimage is a doing word it's a moving forward it's going forward there are times of rest and there's times of refreshing when we need to stop but the pilgrimage that God has for each one of us does not end until our life ends or he comes back to take us home to be with him so we don't retire from serving God. We don't, we don't ever stop serving God. Our seasons may change and our, the, the work of our hands may change, but our hearts must never change to God. They must become even more given over to him. They must become more yielded to him. And our purpose in life on this pilgrimage that we're going through has got to be, Lord, you've called. Lord, you called, I answer and I will say yes to you, no matter what you ask of me. And God's been challenging me of late. How much are you willing to do? How much are you willing to give? How much are you willing to sacrifice of yourself to do this, to follow the path that I have for you? And at the end of the day, all that matters is what we sow for God, what we do for God. It's, it's, if we build the house of sticks and straw and stubble, it's eventually all going to be burnt up. That's in Second Corinthians can't remember the reference for it, but it's there. But the work of gold and silver and precious gems are the works that we build and that last for eternity. So in our lives as we walk through, the things that we are sowing into our kids, into our families, into our parents, into our friends, into our community, those things that are going to produce the things God wants are the things of gold and silver. It's the things that God requires of us. Even a cup of cold water given in Jesus' name will not go without its reward. And that's why it's so exciting what's going to happen here with the hub and how we're stretching out. We have a team of volunteers who are already put their hands up and, and are going to be trained by Andrew and Carolyn and Pastor Paul and Barb as well. And that's amazing because it's building a natural bridge and it's providing food in the natural which will in turn minister to the whole person, the physical, the emotional, but most of all the spirit. And that's what we want to do. We want to see the house of the Lord built. And we believe that it's the time and the place that God is wanting to do this. And we're doing it at no cost to anyone. But we really, we really ask that you would pray for this ministry in this time as we move forward. It's exciting, isn't it? So the heroes of the faith are described in Hebrews 11:13 as strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Exiles it's also included in it's also described as in the amplified version. And when you think about that we're strangers and pilgrims. You know, have you ever had that sense of I don't belong? I don't fit into this world. You see the things that are going around on around you and you think, "Wow, I just so want to be out of here." <laughs> And yet God has placed us in the world to be a light in the darkness, to be a place where, 
in a place where we can bring hope and life to those that don't yet know Jesus, the not yet believers, to those that um, are seeking after him, you know, that we can be what God wants us to be in the time and the place that we're living in now. It's exciting. Our true citizenship or our permanent home is in heaven. Philippians 3.20, for our citizenship is in heaven from which we eagerly wait the Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ. While on earth, we're pilgrims, we're travellers, we're temporary residents. It's like we're on a, a temporary residence visa, looking for permanent residency, but our permanent residency is in heaven. So it's all a work in progress as we make our way through. And that's why there's times when we really feel like displaced people, and that's okay. When you feel like that, run back to God, run to God, run to those around you who are of a similar DNA to you, whose heart is for God, encourage each other in the Lord. Um, See, God's preparing every one of us for the permanent residency to be a citizen of heaven for all eternity. But while we're here, we're works in progress. And while we're here, there are jobs for us to do, things he's calling us to do. As they pass through the valley of Barker, they make it a spring. The rain also covers it with pools. The valley of Barker is known as a place of weeping, a place of dryness, a place of drought. It's also known in the Bible as the valley of Rephaim. Um, It's in Judah, and Judah stands for praise. And when you look at a place of drought and dryness and a place of tears or a place of weeping, you see that it's in Judah so that symbolically when you think about that, when you're going through droughts and, and incredibly hard times, you're in a place where you can praise. You are still in a place where you can praise and lift the name of Jesus no matter what your life is looking like, no matter how many windstorms are swirling around you and and uh, the du- have you ever been in a windstorm where the dust has been so fierce it's actually cut your legs or your arms? Yeah, that's what happens in the desert. Yeah, some of you are nodding. It's incredible, isn't it? But you put your head down, you cover your mouth, like with our masks, and you just put your head down and keep moving forward because the minute that you stop, it, it can cover you, it can overwhelm you, so you keep moving forward. And that's what we need to be doing. So it's in Judah on the way between Jerusalem, which is known as the city of peace, and Bethlehem, which is the house of bread, and a place where David met and conquered the Philistines. In 2 Samuel 5, you can read about that. It's a place, the Valley of Barker, of meeting conflict, of meeting trials head on and dealing with them. It's also known as a place where balsam trees grow, and balsam trees are... Uh, beautiful trees that they drop a resin or a gum if you want to call it and the resin is in the shape of tears would you believe it and so the valley of Barker the place of weeping has trees in it that drip tears isn't that amazing that really appeals to the poet in me but there's such a truth in it isn't there the significance of this is that the pilgrims heading to Jerusalem and you guys know what it was like when we were heading up to Jerusalem so awesome where they had to pass through that sandy, hot, dry, windy, resistant valley, which was, it was hazardous because if they stopped, they'd be overwhelmed and they may not even get to where they were going. But what they did along the way was they dug wells. They dug wells. They dug down deep. And they covered them. After they dug the wells, they took of the water. And they covered them with hessian 
and they covered them then with whatever they had to, to um, seal them off. And then they put sand over it and then they put markers on them. And that was to denote a place of watering and a place of refreshing for those who were coming behind. And our faith walk shows us that in these times of significance, as we go through our lives in the hard times, stretching times, we can be struggling and we can feel like stopping and yet just ahead is a place, an oasis where someone has dug a well. Someone has left a marker saying, keep going, keep going. There's refreshing here, there's watering here, there's replenishment here, there's rest here. Along the way, in every one of our walks, we all have had times where we've just wanted to stop. We've all had times where we're weary from the journey, we're weary from the fight. And yet if we just keep going through our place of weeping, through our place in the desert, there are markers, there are oases that are set in the desert so that we can draw from them, we can draw strength from it, we can refresh, we can wash, we can rest we can gather our thoughts and get back together in our heads and say, right, ready for the next series of our, our walk, our adventure, whatever it is that we're doing. You know, we can be struggling to make it one day at a time. But as Christ has gone before us, he's prepared the way for us to go. And he sets an example of how to do life confronting the hard things, the vicious attacks, the grief, the sorrow, the lack, the need in our lives the heart cry that we have for our families, for our friends, for those that we work with, our workmates and circumstances where we're really crying out to God. And yet if we stay in the desert and if we stay at the place of oasis, we're not moving on forward and we're not taking people with us. You see people, church is community, church is building together, church is making sure that we're looking out for each other, church is making sure that we're looking for the ones behind us and saying, come on, there's water ahead, there's rest ahead, there's a place that God has prepared a place, an oasis in the desert. And it's the walk that Jesus wants us to do. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, imitate me as I imitate Christ. And Christ came to this world for every one of us, for every single one who's ever been born or whoever will be born. And he walked the walk knowing what was waiting for him, knowing that Calvary was waiting for him, knowing what he had to go through. And yet he did it despite what he had to go through. And sometimes I think I feel like such a Nancy pants because I think, oh, it's hard. You know, I'm having a bad day. And then I think, but what did God do? What did God do? What did Christ do for you? What has he called you to do? And we encourage each other and I encourage myself. And you need to learn to encourage yourself in the Lord as well. So that no matter what you're going through and what you're facing, I can do this. Because God who has called me is faithful. And God who calls you, equips you and gives you everything that you need to move forward in the new season. God is faithful. He gives you his Holy Spirit. He gives you Jesus who paid the price for each one of us. He gives us all we need to do today because today is what we need to do. We can plan for our future. We can plan our goals, long-term goals. We can plan to die a very old age and yet only God knows our times are in his hands and so we make the best of today. And today we walk the walk according to what God has given us to do. Our faith walk shows the significance of this as we pass through the hard places of life. Oh, I could go on. But someone has dug that well for you. 
and his name is Jesus. Jesus has said, Come to me, all you who are weary, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He also says in John 4, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst, but the waters that I shall give him will become in him a fountain, a water springing up into everlasting life. Isn't that amazing? So we come to Jesus, our source of everlasting life and the water that he gives. He also says that there's an abundance, the rivers of living water that will flow as the Holy Spirit touches our lives and touches us, fills us, cleanses us, washes us and empowers us to do what he's called us to do. So if you're weary, we all struggle with weariness at times. It's a human condition, but God. He says, keep going. One more day, one more step, one more mile, one more kilometre. Just keep going. Look around you. Just look around at the people with you. Every one of you here today are journeying. And my prayer for every one of us is that we continue to journey in the path that God has for each one of us. Circumstances are different in our lives. But our purpose is the same, to live for God, to serve him, to walk in his ways in our lives, to turn the deserts into springs of living water. We're journeying together as community in God, the body of Christ, and not just this church, but every church that preaches a full gospel. We're all journeying together with one purpose, to serve God, to love God, to love his church. Christ died for the church. Christ died for the church. That's how important it is. First Thessalonians 5.11 says, Therefore encourage one another and build each other up. Hebrews 10.25, Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. And then from Isaiah chapter 35, and I love this, and I nearly preached on this this morning, but I felt God adjusting me. The wilderness, the wasteland shall be glad for them, and the desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice, even with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it, the excellence of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord, the excellency of our God. Strengthen the weak hands. Make firm the feeble knees. I've got feeble knees. <laughs> Say to those who are fearful hearted, be strong, do not fear. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with the recompense of God. He will come and save you. And then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, hallelujah, and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then the lame shall leap like a deer and the tongue of the dumb shall sing. For waters shall burst forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. Oh, that gives me goosebumps. The parched ground shall become a pool and the thirsty land springs of water in the habitation of jackals where each lay. There shall be grass with reeds and rushes. 
And we look at our environment out here, apart from the river, if it wasn't for the river that's flowing through here, we're in a desert. We've come down through the hills. But my prayer is that this place will be as a highway of holiness that goes on in this, this psalm later on. And that as people come to drink of the rivers of living water, as they come to partake of the goodness of God through his servants, that they will know the goodness of God in the land, the desert land, and the desert will bloom. Their lives will begin to blossom and bloom and their lives will begin to be rebuilt. They'll be reconciled to God and to each other and restored into a relationship with God. That is God's heart. He cries for, out for his people and Jesus died for his people. My prayer is that as we unite as one together, and be well diggers and be those that would continue to walk through whatever our desert looks like at this given time, that we can be diggers of wells so that those coming behind us can drink of it, but those also will see that the true source of water is the Lord Jesus Christ and he is the hope and he gives us his Holy Spirit and that's wonderful, that is wonderful. And I believe the day is coming where the miracles are going to happen again, the first miracle of being born again. I believe the, the deaf ears are going to be popped and opened, that the eyes will see, the lame will walk, and that joy will fill hearts in the times that we are living in because God is good. God is good. And when we think about an oasis in a desert region, you know that it's water. But in the desert going through from Bethlehem through to Jerusalem, those oases served as a refuge, as a relief, a pleasant change from what was usual, a refuge. It's also a haven, a harbour, a retreat or a shelter. And I believe that the house of God stands in the place, in the civilization that we're living in these days. It needs to be that safe place that can, people can come in and find refuge and find, find Jesus and have those needs met in him. As you can see, I've been really seeking God since I've been immobilised. And I feel more mobile now than I ever have <laughs> for what God is wanting to do. One of the things that happens to us is that we can sometimes look back and stay focused on what's happened before. But we forget the former things, the things that were of old. Because behold, God says, I do a new thing. God lays hold of our lives to bring healing into our lives so that we can move forward in the grace that is ours in him. Philippians 3.12 says, Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. He said, our way to heaven, our way to that place of peace, passes through the valley of Barker, the place of weeping. So don't be surprised at the fiery trials you might be going through. You're on your way. Don't stay camped and don't stop when the storms are coming against you. Press forward. The promise in God's word is that those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength.
Isaiah 40, verse 31, But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. They shall be changed from glory to glory. 2 Corinthians 3.18 But we all with unveiled faces beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory just as by the Spirit of the Lord from one degree of glorious grace to another. One degree at a time. Keep going, people. Keep going. It's worth it. Till everyone appears before God in Zion to give glory to him. Amen. You see, if we make God's promises our strength, we've got to take God's word and run with it. We've got to take that word and live it for Christ's sake. Amen. Not just talking the talk, because we can all do that, especially we who have lots of words. James says, be doers of the word, not hearers only. Otherwise, you're deceiving yourselves. And I'm going to finish on this because I think I've done my time. Hebrews 12, 1b, let us run with endurance the race set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Think about Jesus, what he went through for you and for me. Think about his journey, that he left heaven to come to earth as a humble baby, born in a manger, manger, in a stable. Lived 30 years of his life as an obedient son and a carpenter. And then for three years, unfolded and fulfilled everything God had sent him to do. So if you're tired of waiting, reflect on that. 30 years of preparation for three years of ministry. He never gave up. He never, he never had attitude. He set his face like flint as he came down from the Mount of Olives to Jerusalem to face what he had come to do, what he was born to do for everyone. And our life lessons should teach us that if we learn well and we learn from the Master, our Father, and allow the Holy Spirit to teach us through his word. If we learn our lessons, learn them well, God will give us the wisdom we need to walk through the times that we're walking in. Exercising faith muscles, because if you don't exercise, your muscles atrophy. I'm finding that. I've got a skinny, skinny calf this time. <laughs> Natural picture of a spiritual truth. We exercise our faith muscles and God builds us up. And I'm going to just finish with this scripture. Actually, I'm going to share with you something that Margaret Thatcher, ex-Prime Minister and now with the Lord, 
of UK said some years ago, she said, watch your thoughts, they will become actions. Watch your actions, for they will become habits. Watch your habits, for they will forge your character. Watch your character, for it will make your destiny. Filter our thoughts through the word. That woman was the son of a pastor, a daughter of a pastor. (laughs) My head went somewhere then. She was brought up in a godly home and she never forgot her godly roots and in the end she came back to full faith in God. And there are a lot of stories about that but they're wise words. Mm. So today, keep walking. Keep walking through your desert because there's an oasis ahead. There's water ahead, there's rest ahead, there's refreshing ahead. As you go, you be a well digger as well and mark the territory so that those coming behind you say this is where they've been. They're building in God. They're building according to the pattern that God has for each one of them. They're building as a community, individuals with all unique giftings and character and traits, but they're building as community in God and moving forward. Let's be aware of the needs that we see around us and let's keep our eyes on Jesus and what God wants to do for his name and for his glory. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you today that, um, Lord, we can look to you from whence our help comes. Lord, you are, you are our God, you're our King, you are our all in all. And Father, I pray for those that are here today and those who are listening online, Father, that wherever they are in their walk with you or if their walk has not even commenced, that they would reach out to you, Lord Jesus, and say, Jesus, be my saviour. Fill me with your strength. Forgive my sins. Wash me. Cleanse me. And put me on the path, even though it may entail those deserts that I've spoken about. I give my life to you now in the name of Jesus. I ask you to be Lord and Saviour of my life. Father, I pray for those of us going through these desert journeys now, Father, where we've even stopped and covered over and hidden, laid down because the journey is too hard. I pray, Father God, for resurrection life to come now and for those dreams that you've put in every heart to be brought to life and watered as we move into those new oases that you have for us. I thank you, Father God, for every well digger in this place and every generation of well digger that's gone before us and we can look to them. As Paul said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Well, we want to be imitators of Christ as well. And Father, we want to know your will in every aspect of our lives. And Father, I pray that, Lord, as we move forward in the season that every one of us is in right now, you would lead us and guide us by your Spirit. 
Father, that the words of our mouths, the meditation of our hearts would be acceptable in your sight, our Lord, our Rock and our Redeemer. That you, Father God, would make a way where there doesn't look to be one. Father, even though the wind is blowing and the dust is blowing and we cannot see what is just ahead of us, I thank you, Father, that you are calling us through, Father God. You make a way where there is no way. And God, I thank you that the natural storms will dissipate, they'll come, they'll go, but you are eternal and you're building something beautiful, Lord God, in us and you want to build something incredible through us. And so, Father, help us on our journey through our desert to be seekers of the oasis, but not to stay there, but to keep moving forward in everything until each one of us appears before you in Zion. Father, we thank you for your peace that passes all understanding to guard our hearts and our minds through Christ Jesus, our Lord. And everyone said, Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If you enjoyed today's podcast, make sure you subscribe to stay up to date with all our latest sermons. If you would like to get connected, you can find us on Facebook at Bridge City Church or come along to our Sunday service at 10am. 